Vikings win in Buffalo Sunday. Philly loses to Washington last night. We're breaking down the entire NFC playoff picture, and it's coming up next on Superior Sports Talk. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcasts. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now it's Superior Sports Talk with Carol 11 sports anchor Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman. It's 30 minutes every day, and it's all the Minnesota sports you need. It's Superior Sports Talk, and it starts now. Back in the lab, Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode, Superior Sports Talk, presented by Lockdown Sports Minnesota. It's your daily 30-minute breakdown, everything Minnesota sports, which you can now find streaming on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Just look out for our Locked On Sports Minnesota app there as well. That's the man, Reggie Wilson, on Twitter, at TV. Check him out every night up on CARE 11. Back from the crime scene known as Buffalo, New York, where the Bills were absolutely stunned on their home turf. I want to give you the opportunity to paint the picture of the press box, the crowd, the scene during those closing minutes as you collectively experienced, I don't know, probably the most dramatic ending to a football game maybe we'll ever see. Yeah, it was nuts, man. Like, so we had the the Buffalo uh, contingent, if you will, Mm -hmm. in the press box, uh, people that were representing the team um, or work for the team. And when things were happening, all you heard was just like, you know, people just slamming their hands. Oh, my God. You know, just people just going crazy because of things that were happening in the game. And it was just funny. I was looking back like, wait, okay, decorum. Okay, decorum, please. And then, you know, uh, Kirk would hit Justin Jefferson for a ridiculous play. And then I think before I knew it, I would just be like, oh, my goodness. Or I would just yell out, whoa, or, you know, something like that. And then that would just kind of start the, the, you know, the rumblings in the press box. Um, I was the catalyst, if you will, just because, you know, wasn't necessarily cheering in the press box. You know, that is frowned upon. But, you know, just as a sports fan, as a, as a person who covers sports, as a person who is inclined you know, at happenings around sports. Some of those things that were happening were just incredible. And it was just like, you know, uh, there were certain times, several times where I'm like, did he catch that? Oh my gosh, he caught that too. Whoa, did he drop that? Did Josh Allen drop that? Oh my God, is that a touchdown? Like we were just up there just like, oh my God, what is happening in here? It was just, it was an electric press box experience. Uh, it was cold as heck in there. That took me back. That took me to like, you know, some of my high school football, you know, days. Friday night was, lights. Yeah, yeah. Staying inside in the in the press box, you know, bundled up and all that. I had my coat on in the press box. We were we were like enclosed, right? Like it was completely indoors. But it was like the draft of outside. Or it was still that didn't chilly. Put the, wow. Yeah, they didn't put the heat on in there or mm. something. I don't know. There were no vents. I don't know. But it was like we were freezing in there. Obviously, we didn't get the wind, you know, as those who were mm-hmm. out on the field or out in the stands were getting. But it felt like we were at a game. It felt, you know, we could feel the atmosphere. 
the adulation from the crowd, the dejection of the crowd when things would happen. You know, they went from ah to oh, like when Josh Allen threw one of his two interceptions to Patrick Peterson. You know, when when Dalvin Cook broke his run, the 81 yarder, it was just it was a crazy, crazy experience to be a part of. Honestly, I, I've said it so many times since then, the craziest game, the most incredible game I've ever been a part of in person. It was just like a pinch me type moment that a game that has so much national attention as it went along, everybody, people from LeBron James to Des mm-hmm. Bryant to Odell Beckham, mm-hmm. like people around the country were were tuned into the game because of how crazy it was and how improbable it was. I mean, they were up 17, the Bills were, and somehow the Vikings came back and and still made a game of it and almost won in regulation. Like it was it was a, an incredible experience and something that I'll remember for a very very long time. Yeah, the game heard round the world. I still don't know. It may take weeks, if not months, just like the Miracle Game, for people to really realize the magnitude and the improbability of what had to happen there throughout the entire mm-hmm. game, not just at the end, throughout the entire game, and we'll get into it for the Vikings to come out on the right side of history. So much to get into, but first, remember, follow along, Locked On Minnesota YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button, leave us a comment, and on Twitter, give us a follow. It's at Locked On M-I-N, and remember, we're a podcast, too, free and available all platforms spotify apple you name it we got it tons of great choices over there too you got the ron johnson show you got the football party and more your one-stop shop with endless vikings talk with local experts do us a favor hit the subscribe button and drop us a five-star review all right let's get into the fun stuff told sam yesterday my dad texted me after the game and said good teams win close games and he's right Mm. vikings have now won seven one score games in a row here's what i'll say When you develop this knack for doing what the Vikings have been doing late in these games, no matter how bad they look the first three quarters, right? Sometimes even three and a half quarters. There's a collective belief that starts to get ingrained amongst the entire team and coaching staff, the whole sideline, that it's Mm going to happen. And it starts to spread to the opposing sideline too. Like, oh no, here we go again. It's happening. Buckle up. Because at this Mm -hmm. point, after nine games, you got the Lions come back. Bears comeback win, Washington comeback win, New Orleans and London, overtime, double doing. And now what just took place in Buffalo? How can anyone watch the Vikings and what they're doing this season and not say, you know what? I'm not even mad at this point. They're just playing with some sort of magic right now. And it might just be their year. And I know there's a ton of football left to be played. Eagles, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers still got to play the Giants and the Cowboys who are not far behind them, which we'll get into in a second in the standings. But it's really hard not to look at this team right now and see there's something special going on. And it all Mm -hmm. boils down to their ability to win these close games, something they were so inept under Mike Zimmer these last two years in 2020 and 2021. Doesn't matter who the opponent is, where the games are played, they can pull out their just magic wand any place, anytime, because it used to be the Vikings were such a home dominant team, great home field advantage, even going back to the Metrodome every year. 8-0, 7-1, at worst, 6-2. And then they were just kind of hoping to go 500 at best on the mm-hmm. road. Now they're winning games on the road in the toughest situations imaginable against the Super Bowl favorite Buffalo Bills. Speak to the Vikings' 
ability just to continue to find a way to win. And if you think it's sustainable, like is this going to dry out here eventually for the long haul from what you're seeing and how they've been playing? Seven in a row, man. Seven in a row. And they continue to find ways to win at the end. We were asking. I feel like I ask every week, and I told Adam Thielen this. I was like, I feel like I ask you every week, but, like, what is it about this team? Last year, you guys were not able to win these type of games. And somehow, you guys are pulling these things out. What is going on? Like, what's really the deal here? How are we seeing you guys eat these wins out? each and every time and you know he talked about coaching he talked about just the will of this team the the you know chemistry the camaraderie the togetherness the execution Mm -hmm. of this team he was just like look when we get down we're on the sideline we're not down we're not you know we're not hanging our heads we still have a belief a collective belief that we can do this. And you know what's interesting is it's like you know one of these games like they're gonna lose like it it just it happens, you know. It's a it's the season. That's usually what happens. Teams lose, like we saw Philly lose last night, and it's not the end of the world. But I think what has been built week to week is the confidence that even if they do lose, like there's something going on that you just you just believe. You know, if you're on that team, you just believe like they're never fully out of it. I tweeted, and it was very premature looking back at it. On Sunday, I was like, man, I think this thing is about to get ugly. After Kirk threw his second interception, I'm like, oh, man, it's about to get ugly. I thought the same thing. I I thought the same thing. I thought Philly all over again. Yeah. Here we go. And what's interesting is Buffalo only scored three whole points in that whole second half slash overtime period. That's it. Three points. unbelievable. And that just speaks to the the grit of this Vikings team, the resiliency of this Vikings team. They just have a never give up, never quit attitude. And it's something that we didn't see last year. So when you ask, you know, how is this sustainable? I believe it's sustainable because now they've put so many of these together. They've put so many of these on tape where they're just like, all right, we have a belief. Like we've been here before several times. It's like, it's one thing to say, oh, yeah, we've been here before. We know what it takes. It's like, no, no, no. You've been here before week to week to week mm-hmm. to week to week. And it's like every week they're like, man, we wish we wouldn't have to win these games like this, you know, for a change. We wish that we could just, you know, put it on a team and, and just coast to the to the finish line. But like every week you're in this situation where it's coming down to the wire. And I'm sure it gives all the fans heart palpitations, but it should give the fans confidence as well. Seven in a row, they're finding ways to win even when they look down and out. I think that's the mark of a good football team. And I think for the first time, publicly anyway, we don't know what he's been saying behind the scenes, but for the first time, if you listen to Kevin O'Connell's postgame inside the locker room, he told them, he was like, this is the realization for us that we are a really good football team. And when people come and play the Minnesota Vikings, they are going to have to be reckoned with. Like, that. that is something that they're going to have to be on guard for. Like, Minnesota is going to bring it when they play each and every game. And you look at the schedule coming up, 
you know, the Cowboys, that's going to be tough on Sunday. The Patriots on Thanksgiving, you know, you got Detroit coming up. They're playing better. Chicago at the end of the season, they're playing better. Green Bay, I think maybe they got a little mojo back. You know, the Jets have an incredible defense. The mm-hmm. Giants are playing with house, house money right now. They keep mm-hmm. winning games every week, and we're just like, how the heck are they doing this? You know, the Colts got the win under Jeff Saturday <laughs> for the first time on Sunday. They beat the Raiders. Like, there are some teams that they are going to play left on the schedule that are going to challenge them, and I think that they're going to be up for the challenge because the last seven weeks we've seen them get up, get down, come back, win the game, and that's that's a trend. And you know what they say about trends, man. You, you got to start believing some of the trends. People that play the stock, the stock market, you know, mm-hmm. like if, if the stock market is continuing to rise, 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 like you got to get in on the wave, man. You know, like you, you're waiting on the day to like come down, but like when you see that uh, a stock market is just continuing to trend upward, you're like, oh, yeah, I want in on some of that. And I think that's where the Vikings are right now. Isn't it funny how up until last week, it's almost like all the Vikings wins were viewed almost in a negative light. Like, oh, they, they're not blowing anybody out. They can't blow anybody mm-hmm. out. They're barely winning these games. They got to come from behind. That's not sustainable. And now that you got a marquee win on there and the same fashion, another come from behind win, all of a sudden now it's viewed as a positive. Like this is a gritty, well-coached Vikings team that will bring you down to the wire. And now, like you said, there's a belief. It's a mentality that they're are going to come away with the victory when and if it's a close game at the end. And it's just funny, just kind of the outlook of the national media that up until last week, the Vikings were viewed just as a, all right, they're on a maybe a little hot streak, but it's not sustainable. Now, after one big marquee win against a, a Super Bowl favorite team like the Bills and in the fashion that they beat them as well, now all of a sudden they're viewed as a real threat. So last time the Vikings won an emotional roller coaster like this, I'll go back to the Minneapolis Miracle, really. And they came out in the NFC Championship game, started out 7-zip real quick, and then the wheels just fall off. I say that because Mm. the opening line this week versus the Cowboys, at home, mind you, at the bank, in the backyard, Mm -hmm. it's Cowboys by two. Do you see the Vikings coming out maybe a little flat next week? Like, would that surprise you? And were you surprised by the fact the Cowboys opened the week as favorites on the road in Minnesota? I think it's a bit surprising, especially when you look at how they had a double-digit lead on Green Bay and they lost that game. Mm-hmm. And you're like, hmm, okay. And maybe, you know, there's – we always say this. When they when, when a team loses, a, a good team loses, and then they go and play another team, they're like, oh, they're coming in angry. They're going to be mad. Like, no, I mean, yeah, they're, they're upset that they lost the game, but, like, I don't I don't know that they just, you know, each and every play, we lost last week. We got to take it to them. Okay, you know, give me the handoff. I'm running over everybody. I'm mad. You know, like, it's, I don't think it's, like, something like that. Like, it's, it's not that deep. But I, I do think that um, with, with the Cowboys losing that game last week, they're going to be a little bit more, you know, riled up, a little bit more maybe on notice, if you will. But the same could have been said about the Bills on Sunday. They got that tough loss to the Jets the week before. They were coming in, playing at home. Like, it could have been a route. And at certain times, it looked like the route was coming. 
from the Bills, you know, especially when they went up 17. It's like, oh, dang, here we go. Like, this, this team is good. But then, you know, the Vikings just have a will about them that they were not refusing to just lie down. And I don't know that Vegas really accounts for things like that. And for them to, you know, put Dallas up two on that, like, I, I don't know. But it, this is not the same Vikings team. Like, this is not the same Vikings team that played the Cowboys last year that lost to Cooper Rush on Halloween. Like, I don't think we'll see the same type of thing play out. Like, it's going to be a really good game on Sunday. That's for sure. We're going to really enjoy it. But I don't know that that I would give – you know, I, I think I would give the edge to the – the Vikings, but that kind of speaks to Vegas, like still not trust. Even after they beat the Bills, yeah, that's what one I'm of saying. the the marquee teams in the league, a, a team that, especially after Week One when they whooped the Rams like that and they dominated them, people are like, "Oh man, this Bills team is a Super Bowl contender." And then it's like, okay, you, you beat the Vikings. Yeah, there were times where you feel like maybe the Bills like shot themselves in the foot, you know, with and and but. It's funny, like, the Vikings just seem like they're living right. I say that every week. They're just living right. Mm -hmm. Somehow, some way, things just continue to go their way. They get an interception here, a timely interception here. They get a, you know, a timely turnover there. Like, just goofy things happen in these games where you're just like, you know, at some point, I don't know if it's luck. At some point. It might just be that this team is a very opportunistic team and they're just a good football team. So, like, I think this game is going to be interesting on Sunday. I don't think they're going to come out flat because if you look at the the trends, man, KLC scripts, I, I don't know that I've seen this. Maybe maybe you look at, like, an Andy Reid or, you know, something like yeah, that. But yeah. like, or, or Mike McDaniel or something. I don't mm -hmm. think we've seen a coach better script a first drive than we've seen KLC, especially in the last seven weeks. It's ridiculous, like, how he puts these guys in position. And I think Kirk is playing with more confidence. On that play, the, the first catch that Justin Jefferson had on Sunday went for 46 yards. There was a guy in the flat. And I was telling someone, I think that last year, Kirk would have checked it mm -hmm. down to the guy in the flat. He was wide open, mind you, mm -hmm. in the flat. He looked over him and threw it to J.J. It wasn't necessarily like a forced throw, but, you know, it was, it was a less high percentage throw than taking what the defense gives you. And that's been the epitome of what Kirk does in Minnesota. He takes what the defense gives him. But... I think we're starting to see a little bit more confidence from Kirk, a little bit more edge from him. You know, he's using his legs to set up some of these passes a little bit more, buying more time. He's not just going to his first, second read, you know, and, and then dumping it down. Like, he's hanging in there a little bit more. And on that pass to Justin Jefferson, he looked over the guy in the flat, threw to Justin Jefferson, who was, you know, mildly covered. And Justin Jefferson turns it into a 46-yard play. That is this year's Minnesota Vikings offense. And it seems like week after week after week, Cousins is growing in comfort. And he's unflappable. He threw those two interceptions. That one that he threw was as bad as it gets. Like, he looked right, nothing. Looked over to the left. And before it, it seemed like he even looked to see what was going on, that ball was out. 
and he threw it straight to the Bills defender, you know, threw another interception. And it's like, oh, man, dang. this, You know, I'm looking on Twitter. People are like, dang, here we go. Kirk is looking like Philly Kirk. It's funny because I feel like nothing that has happened over the last seven weeks registers with fans. When Kirk starts to make their mistake, make his mistakes, mm-hmm. people are like, oh, here we go. Here we go. It's like they were waiting on the other shoe to drop. And it's like, no, like, Kirk is just a solid quarterback this year. Like, he's unflappable. He threw those interceptions, didn't let those affect him because you kind of look at some of those throws that, you know, he he made after those mistakes. And so much was said about Justin Jefferson. And I do believe Justin Jefferson is him. Okay. He's him. Himothy, if you will. I do believe that. But some of those plays that Justin Jefferson made, look at the throws that Kirk made. I'm looking at that one in overtime um, where he drops back and he floats it over the defender's head into the corner right by the end zone to Justin Jefferson. Jefferson catches it before falling out of bounds. That throw was incredible. That throw was incredible. And I think that, look, Kirk is not like a a top five quarterback in the league. And if you are looking for someone to do something like what Mahomes does or what Allen does or, you know, name, name your favorite quarterback in the league, you know, Brady or whatever the case may be, he's not doing those things. But I think he's a little bit more than just a game manager from what I've seen over the last seven weeks specifically. And I think that's a reason why I don't think they'll come out flat I think they'll, you know, it's interesting because these drives, they end up stalling. And we saw it again in Buffalo. They stalled and they stalled and they allow Buffalo to get up 17. It's just like, oh, man, you can't keep doing that against these good teams. But somehow the Vikings keep it close to play it close at the end and find a way to win these games. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do against Dallas. Yeah, we all knew when they went from Mike Zimmer, a defensive head coach, to KOC, mm-hmm. right? The offensive mastermind. We all knew like the offense was just going to look better, more razzle dazzle, more window dressing, more splash plays. But we didn't know mm-hmm. like what it was going to actually do for the development of guys like JJ and Dalvin and Kirk Cousins. And talk yeah. about all the time, the most important relationship in the NFL right now is between the head coach and the quarterback, and the throws that you just described, dude wide open in the flat on third and long, old Kirk takes that every time. New Kirk all Mm -hmm. of a sudden that we're starting to see, especially the last three, four, five weeks, he takes a shot to JJ. Next-gen stats, I don't know if you saw this stat, nine of his 10 catches were less than a 50-50 ball. So not a 50-50, Kirk's just going to throw up and hope he gets it, 50-50 chance. Less than mm-hmm. 50-50, 9 of 10. So the fact that Kirk is even thinking about making some of those throws shows you yeah. the progression development that he's made specifically under Kevin O'Connell. Again, it's something that, it's not tangible. Like, you can't see it on paper. You can't see it in a box score. But we all yeah. know from watching Kirk the last three, four years that the old Kirk would never make a lot of those throws. The new Kirk under KOC is starting to... Just take this next step in his career almost, this evolution as a quarterback, a pure pocket guy, Mm -hmm. which is so crazy to think because given his age and how many years he's been in the league, you don't see a lot of guys really change the script too much at this point in their career. 
KOC all of a sudden has just got that magic wand and the quarterback whisperer, if you will. And we saw it Sunday in a big way. You mentioned JJ, unbelievable catches. He's currently on pace for 2,002 yards. That would break (laughs) Calvin's record, most receiving yards in a single season. He made the best catch since I'm calling it David Tyree in the Super Bowl. Like, not David Tyree, not theirs, but right behind that. Like, I think it's Mm. better than OBJ, given the circumstances, the down and distance, everything that needed to happen right now. Just sitting here mm-hmm. today, JJ's that dude, right? He's the number one receiver in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. You have to, you have to, to look at it that way. You know, it's interesting though. All right, it's interesting. You can't, you can't necessarily. I don't think it's that necessarily like cut and dry, if you will. He's right there. Mm-hmm. If Jamar Chase would have still been healthy, like they were, they were keeping mm-hmm. pace with each other yardage wise. Chase had more touchdowns mm-hmm. when he mm-hmm. went down. Cooper Cup, a dog, a dog. Now he has this high ankle sprain, and you know the Rams season is on ice. So, you know, Devontae, great receiver. Raiders suck. You know it. It it is what it is. I think the really, if you look at it. The only people that I feel like are right there with him is the guy that he just played against, Stefan Diggs. He's having an incredible season this year. And also Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is having a season for the ages. Like he is killing it right now. I'm looking up, I'm looking up his stats. Like he just continues like. People thought like, okay, he leaves the Chiefs. He's not going to be as dynamic. The dude's already over a (laughs) thousand. The dude is already over a thousand (laughs) yards this season. 81 catches. That's first in the league. 1,148 yards. That's first in the league. But he only has four touchdowns. But his average, he's 14.2 average catch. And it's just kind of crazy looking at these stats. He's projected to have a 138 for 1,900 yards and seven touchdowns, which is not close to what – well, it's kind of close, but it's not necessarily where you projected or where you said J.J. was projected. And here's mm-hmm. the thing. How many times have we watched these games and Justin Jefferson is over 100 yards in the first half alone? It happens like so much. Just quiet. It happens yeah. so much all of a sudden. And, and it happens because, like, what you saw, that first freaking drive catches the pass, mm-hmm. goes 46 yards. He had, like, I think it was, like, 81 yards on that first drive alone. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, okay, like, all right, there we go. And then, like, for some reason, it seems like the offense – it's like KLC tries to get other people involved or something like that. Like if you mm-hmm. look at Sean McVay and the Rams, they're just like, look, Cooper Cup is our guy. Like he's our that's offense. our dude. So they just yep. they just throw just it to him. Regardless. Run it back, run it back every yep. time. Copy paste. There you go. Yep. There you go. Yep. But for you know the Vikings, I think you know KLC knows he has weapons all over the field. I think he tries to diversify a little bit. But when the game matters most, it's like, oh yeah, we got this dude named Justin Jefferson on our team. Let's just Let's just go heavy JJ on our routes and on our targets here. And then you see what we saw on Sunday. But there are times, like, I think JJ's numbers will be even more 
ballooned if they kind of force fed him like how the Rams force feed Cooper Cup because this dude just finds a way each and every week to make these incredible catches, to get open, to make plays when the team needs him the most. And that is the mark of a great wide receiver. And so, look, if, if we're talking the best right now, I put him 1A, Tyreek Hill 1B. Coming up next, we're talking which players were Reggie's unsung heroes Sunday. But first, Vikes now 12-1 to to win the Super Bowl after this 8-1 start. They open the week as two-point underdogs at home at the bank versus the Dallas Cowboys. Over-under, now at 47.5. Make sure to keep tabs all season long and check those odds out and more with BetOnline. BetOnline.net, fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Stats, news, info, you want it, they got it. NFL, NHL, even MMA and UFC. BetOnline makes betting easy and is your number one source for all your betting needs. Go to BetOnline.net today to learn more. That's BetOnline.net where the game starts. And remember, when you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota, you're getting endless Vikings talk with local experts. Sam and Ron talk football every day on the Ron Johnson Show. Reggie Wilson gives you a sports anchor's perspective right here on Superior Sports Talk. And the Minnesota Football Party brings together the top Vikings podcasters in the city. Subscribe to the free Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast feed wherever you find your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review or find our videos on the Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. You can now find us streaming on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Just download our Locked On Sports Minnesota app. Enjoy all our content and daily shows for free at your fingertips any day, anytime. All right, time for one quick one. New favorite segment called Give Me One. Reg, give me one unsung hero from the Vikings 33-30 overtime win that was kind of overshadowed by some superstar play there at the end. One unsung hero is Harrison Phillips. I love it. The, you know, he's a former Bill. After the game, Eric Kendricks, we were talking to him about, you know, how things developed. And he said on that game-changing play where Allen fumbled the ball in the end zone like that. He said that Harrison knew what was coming. And so he slid into the A gap to make sure that Allen wasn't going to have much room, if any, if there was going to be a sneak. And he knew that that was coming. And look, when he dropped the ball, like, Phillips pretty much kind of like put himself in position to where the Vikings were going to be in good position to recover the football, which they did. And so you look at this dude is just one of the guys that, you know, Eric Kendrick says that he is legit, probably the strongest dude on the team. And he plays a position that doesn't get a whole lot of fanfare because he's not getting a bunch of sacks and a bunch of tackles and all that stuff. But he just mucks some stuff up, man. And he was doing that on Sunday and, you know, in a, in a day where, you know, guys like Justin Jefferson, uh, Eric Kendricks, Patrick Peterson, those guys were getting the shine. A guy like Harrison Phillips, man, his impact cannot be overstated. He has come here. He talked to me uh, last uh, two weeks ago and he talked about how, you know, this is the most playing time that he's gotten since he's been in the league. Like, 
from a snap perspective, he's out there pretty much on every play. And I guess that was not the case when he was in Buffalo. And he is making the most of these opportunity opportunities, especially now mm-hmm. as the the prime nose tackle for this team with Dalvin Tomlinson having missed the last two games. Like he's had to shoulder a little bit more and he's doing his thing, man. If, if not for some of his smarts, you know, the, the defensive line talked about how intelligent he is as a football player and how he kind of calls some things out and he diagnoses some things when they're watching film and things like that to get the rest of the line thinking about what's going on in these games. This dude is the real deal. And that was a very, very good signing for Kwesi to bring this guy in. And he's paying off in a major way. And it showed on that play. You you wouldn't see it. You wouldn't know it. Maybe if you looked at the All-22 and you, and you watched what he did pre-snap, maybe you would understand, like, his impact on that game-changing play. But he's a guy that doesn't get a whole lot of fanfare, but he just goes out there, does his job, does it, does it well, and – helps the Vikings defense make plays. So glad you brought him up. Just defensive tackles just don't get a lot of love. Seven quarterback pressures, I think I heard. Unbelievable for a nose tackle. It's a given at some point during the season, every team's going to need to call on a backup, step in the spotlight and fill in during a big game, big moment. Blake Brandle, six-round pick, Oregon State 2020. Two-time captain, grinds his way through the practice squad, makes the 53, Mm -hmm. works his way up to the second team this offseason. And Sunday, all that hard work paid off for the guy, held his own in one of the most difficult positions and situations you could possibly draw up for a backup to come in on paper. Can't say enough about Blake Brandle, his performance after Christian Derrissaw, arguably the number one tackle in the NFL, went down. Those are not easy shoes to fill. And he just made the most of his opportunity. And who knows how long Derrissaw is going to be out now, possible concussion. We'll find out at practice tomorrow. He may be starting next week versus the Dallas Cowboys and uh, Micah Parsons. We'll see. All right. Wow. That's a wrap today. Remember, like, rate, review, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join us every day for another episode with your 30-minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports. We're a podcast, too. Free and available. All platforms. Subscribe. Drop us a five-star review and find us now streaming on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Just look out for our Locked On Sports Minnesota app there as well. That's the man. He's back from Buffalo, New York. Reggie Wilson on Twitter, at Reggie Wilson TV. Check him out every night up on CARE 11. Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Special thanks to our producer, Matt DeBritz. Tune in tomorrow to Superior Sports Talk, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Luke. Until tomorrow, signing off. Be blessed. Spread love today.